What's going on and welcome to the Rager Show powered by Orange Weekly. And if you haven't heard of Orange Weekly, you're probably living under a rock or you probably don't like the Broncos. So find another channel to listen to. But if you're a Broncos fan and you love listening to Broncos news, we are the best source of Broncos content. And on this show, we got a unique spin. We take the Broncos breakdown and we look at the fantasy implications. We look at some sports betting and we do our best to put some money in your pocket my name is Ray Ragers. Y'all got it figured out, and I'm always joined by my co-host Jared. What's going on, brother? How are you? I've I've been better, but uh, you know what? We got another week ahead of us, and we got to just keep looking forward through uh, through this season. But you know what? Overall, the Broncos are doing their best to to lose everything they started with. <laughs> Three and two, man. But coming off of two, what I would describe as just hot garbage weeks where they've just passed the, they just have not passed the eye test. And I know we'll get into that here shortly, man. But man, you know what time it is, right? Is it beer 30? Beer 30. Orange Weekly, fans, brews, and Broncos news. So it's Raiders weekend. It's the Raiders show. We are so excited. And just like every other week, man, we got a special offer from you from our great sponsors at TPPN and DraftKings. Jared, what you got for us this week? Yep. So as you guys know, we're with the the Pigskin Podcast Network and DraftKings is our sponsor. Uh, As we all know that DraftKings is an awesome sports betting book. We take a lot of their lines here on Ragers. This week, what they're doing is if you bet $1, $1 on any NFL game this week, you get $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. Either team. It doesn't, you don't even have to pick that team to score. You could pick, uh, I don't know, Tom Brady to throw 35 yards, whatever it is. You can pick whatever bet you want. You get $100 if either team scores. And since the last 0-0 tie in the NFL was 1943, this one's a no-brainer. As always, if sportsbook's not available in your state yet, DraftKings will not leave you empty-handed. We have huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest, and they're giving away, new for all new customers, a free shot at millions of dollars with in total prizes on your first deposit on those Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. Yeah, super easy, y'all. Draft, download the DraftKings Sports app now. Use the promo code TPPN. Throw down $1 on any NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. That is promo code TPPN this week on DraftKings, which is an official betting sponsor of the NFL. Of course, make sure you're 21 in a state that can support sports betting, and we support responsible gambling here. So, of course, if you have any issues, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Speaking of issues, Jared, the Broncos look like they got a whole bunch of issues right now, man. Um, coming off of what you know, many thought was going to be a game that they could win, I thought they were going to win. You thought they were going to win, and they came out in the first half and basically laid a goose egg. Tried to scramble in the second half, but couldn't quite get there, man. What were your impressions outside of the Pittsburgh game last week? Uh, it was just awful. It just looked like everything we were doing came out flat. We couldn't get a first down. I don't think we had a first down until, like, the second half of the second quarter. Like, we went all sure. the first quarter and the first half of the second quarter without it. We got points on the board before we ever got a first down. That's how awful our offense was playing that whole game. And our defense wasn't looking much better. It looked like our, our you know, coveted secondary, the secondary that can stop anything, was getting Shit. eaten alive out there by Big Ben, who was standing there like a – just like we thought, he was standing there stoic. We just could not get pressure to him, and he was picking apart our defense like he does it for a day job. So, unfortunate. Yeah, and I think 
I think, yeah, a couple of stats just, just jump off the page here. First of all, Big Ben, I think one sack and two pressures or two knockdowns the entire game. That is just unacceptable. Fuller, who we thought was going to be the, the saving grace, the guy that was supposed to come in to be our cornerback number one, he looked terrible. In fact, we'll get to it, but it looks like he's been benched because I think Darby's going to start in his spot this week is what I'm hearing um, this week. Absolutely. I mean, that's how bad he played last week. And, you know, we got into this with a couple of the other cohorts, and I'll be curious to hear what your opinion is. But the Shermer offense had become so predictable that get this, get this stat. It wasn't until there was less than two minutes to go in the first half that Pat Shermer threw the ball that wasn't on third down. In other words, every other drive, every other play in the first half on first and second down, Pat Shermer ran the ball every single time on first and second down until it was late into the two-minute warning in the first half, which, is, if you ask me, is beyond unacceptable when you think about an offensive coordinator in such a pass-happy league. I mean, gosh, I just the frustration level, if you can hear it, it was just through the roof for me last week. I, absolutely, and and that that was just an unreal. As you're watching it, I feel like even us on the, the you know, uh, our, our coach, our couch coaches out here, we, we're sitting here. We're like, all right, well, <laughs> yep. they're running left, running right, right. Like we knew, right. we knew what was happening every single play. Like and just the way they lined up, the way that the receivers were on the line, you could just tell that nobody was excited to play in this offense uh, in Pittsburgh. Nope. Like nobody on that team was excited to play in that offense, and it was just unfortunate. Going back to the Ronald Darby thing, you know, with Ronald Darby's injury and Kyle Fuller playing so terrible, they they're kind of not. I wouldn't say rushing Darby back, but this definitely expedites the need to bring Darby back. And that's two yeah. weeks in a row, by the way. Fuller's been picked on. Last week, you know, against the Ravens, it wasn't as obvious, but against the Steelers, that first drive, it was almost every single time was thrown to his side, and they drove all the way down for the touchdown. That was that is super unfortunate. Hopefully, with Darby back, it makes a little bit of a difference. But, man, that was just so sad to see. Gosh, yeah, totally. And and you're right. I mean, and again, just as we're thinking about these stats, because remember, when we're thinking about fantasy and we're thinking about sports betting, what we're looking for is predictability, finding as much predictability as we possibly can. And Broncos, this year in the NFL right now, have the second worst – I think I'm saying this right. Correct me if I get this mess this up, Jared. The second worst third down and distance, meaning that on average they have the longest third down and distance in the NFL besides one other team. To complicate that, they are converting third downs. They are the worst in the NFL right now, 32 out of 32 when it comes to converting for third downs. And that that's just a recipe for literally for disaster. And I, I just don't know what to do. And, and I think you and I both think that the, the Pittsburgh Steelers were a, a, a pile of garbage, and, and they, they proved us wrong a little bit. Right, and you know, it's funny, we talked on the pregame podcast, we talked on this show last week where the strength of the Pittsburgh defense was on that defensive line that we kind of had to throw the ball, and and you like you said, we didn't we didn't not throw the ball on a first or second down until late in the first quarter, I mean, first half, and that's just ridiculous. Uh, the other thing, totally. too, is that third down distance. Now, I, I had flashbacks. Now, we were all drinking, and I think it <laughs> drove us even more into drinking. We all remember yeah. why we got so drunk last year. But it reminded me of last year, and the unfortunate part was last year we could really think about it and be like, you know what, we were getting a lot of penalties. We we mm-hmm. we got ourselves into these third and longs based on penalties and stuff. That was not the case this week. We just got ourselves yeah. in third and long because we just could not either execute the playbook or call the plays. Uh, we got out coached, and this is the other thing I want to say too. And and to the, just last thing about the coaching part, we'll get to the Ragers, we'll get yeah. to the betting part. The first three games that we played were all uh, coaches who had only been in the league less than two years. 
whether they were a rookie head coach or a second-year head coach. These last two games are all Super Bowl-winning head coaches. Mm-hmm. So we're, you're talking about two different, you know, two different types of coaching, and it, I feel like that showed in those sure. two games that we were, we just got out coached. No matter what we did, they had an answer to it, yeah. uh, and you know that's just as you're looking at it from that stand, standpoint, you know. So that leads us into Ragers as we're going into a coach that we don't oh. even know who their head coach is going to be yeah. right now because John <laughs> right. Gruden stepped down. I think their special teams coordinator is coming up. Yeah. Uh, man, what an interesting an interesting story there. Gosh, yeah, perfect segue into coming in and thinking about this next upcoming week and just, you know, the storylines this week are just crazy. And I, I I feel like the kid that just touched the stove one too many times and my hand's <laughs> a little burnt right now. But, man, we got Mike Shanahan going into the ring of fame. We got Raiders coming to town. We're three and two. You know, the Raiders look like they're the biggest dumpster fire in the NFL. I mean, everybody knew that already. You know, Broncos big time favorite. We should be having some great moments here in the NFL right now. And I feel like I'm I'm annoyed. I'm pissed off. I'm scared. I don't even know how I feel. I'm not I, what I'm not is is I'm not excited for Sunday at this point in time. But I'm sure we can find a way to get excited for this Sunday's game here somehow, some way. So let's start there, Jared. So Gruden's out. Interesting deal, right? Gruden and Derek Carr basically tied at the hip when you think about their careers and basically that play caller being basically out. We hear that the offensive co- or I'm sorry, the special teams coordinator for the Raiders are are coming on board. What are you what's your general impression? What are you even expecting from the Raiders this week? So th- this could go one of two ways. And and I, I, I kind of said on the on the uh, Bourbon Broncos No BS show on Tuesdays. Make sure you guys are joining in uh, Facebook Live, Twitter, all the other ones. What, what I said was this could go two of ways. The special teams quarter has nothing to lose. That coordinator coming in as the head coach has absolutely nothing to lose. Remember, John Gruden was also the play caller on that offense. Totally. And they did absolutely, you know, for the first three games, kind of like us, did played very well and against decent teams. Like they were one of the strongest teams in the league. Uh, going in through the first three games. This last week, they lost to a nobody and yeah, got but, uh, almost destroyed. The Bears, mm-hmm. the Bears oh, they and got destroyed. The Bears nine, yeah. nine points total, absolutely destroyed. That kind of played into the whole resignation thing a little bit. But well, I think the biggest part here is that while we should be scared a little bit on the offense, I don't think whoever's going to be playing, calling the plays is going to have enough to understand, you know, what John Gruden was thinking, you know, unless John Gruden, it depends on how that worked out. But like I said, they're going to take some big shots and this is a team who's got the weapons to make those big shots count. So that's something that we really need to be on the lookout defensively. Now, offensively for us, this is a great scenario. Their defensive coordinator is still there, but he's going to have very little uh, offensive help. And I feel like our offense is going to be on the field a lot next week. If, if we can get a first down in the first half. if we Our offense should be on the field for a majority of the time, which is going to play big into these betting lines, right? I think what we're going to be looking at is some of these lines are going to be lowered because of the way that our offense played last week. And they should be inflated for this week because I think our offense is going to be on the field a lot with a with a – you know, special teams coordinator or whoever's calling the play calls on the offense, whether it be Gatier Carr or not. I don't know. Yeah. And, you know, you bring up an interesting point, right? I, I just want to remind everybody, Derek Carr outdueled Lamar Jackson and beat him in that Monday night spectacular, I think in week one or week two. And if you looked at his stat line, I mean, Derek Carr was playing literally at an MVP level. Nobody, I mean, 430 yards passing, four touchdowns. I mean, an insanity of a game. It seems like he's come back down to earth a little bit. And and it's one of these things 
things. I just can't quite figure out, is this kind of moved? Does this galvanize the Raiders? Does this get them going? Or is this something that continues to derail what they have going on? And I think that's that's something to be interested in. Now, the Broncos are a four-point favorite. They didn't start out as a four-point favorite. I just want to make that clear. They started out at about a one-point favorite. When we looked at this, we got some news coming on after the Broncos or after the Raiders just looked like a pile of hot garbage against the Bears, scoring nine points at home against, you know, um, I can't think of what, whatever that quarterback's name is they got over there right now, um, who we should have had in the ninth round or as a ninth pick overall. But um, a field, yeah, field, <laughs> fields, yeah, fields, right? Um, but, you know, something to see. Then we see that game come up and then Gruden goes out and now the Broncos are a four point favorite. So that's a really interesting stat for us to just think about. And so, you know, as we always do, man, last week we teased this, man, it's time to get into our segments and we're going to call who's better you or me. That's the name of this segment. You know, I'm going to come up with a good name each and every week. And in this segment, on a who's better you or me segment, we're going to talk through our position groups. Like we always do, Jared, starting on the outsides. Um, Tim Patrick and Cortland Sun, despite the hot garbage game, both of them quietly had a monster game last week. Seven or eight receptions, I think, each. I think Sutton, Tim Patrick was in the 70-yard range. I think Sutton was over 100 yards again last week. Uh, both of them had a monster week last week. Again, kind of a, a little bit of garbage time. I'll, I'll leave that kind of to the critics out there, but it doesn't matter when we're betting if it's garbage time or not. How do we like our chances on the outside, and let's work our way in. Wide receivers, our wide receivers versus their DBs. Who do you like this week? So, I mean, I'm always going to take our wide receivers. My problem is they have one good corner in Casey Hayward. He's playing very well this year. Um, He's actually the number one corner on pro football focus in the NFL. Um, So we have an issue there, right? It might be a little bit difficult to get those one-on-ones that we like, especially with Patrick, right? The big, tall one-on-ones, the jump balls. Um, It might be a little bit more difficult. However, on the other side, they got uh, Amik Patterson, who's a second-year guy, uh, fourth-round second-year guy. Um, sorry, Robertson. Yep. And I, I think there's something we could take advantage of. Their safeties aren't playing anything super crazy. Uh, Trevon Morhig uh, is playing okay. Uh, but their secondary is, is beat up a little bit outside of Casey Hayward. Casey Hayward is having one hell of a year this year, and we're going to have to try to throw away from whatever side he's on. And I don't think they're going to play the defense that we're used to uh, when you have one good corner where it kind of follows the number one wide receiver because – and I think for the rest of the league, we're probably not for the rest of the season. We're not going to see that because both of our outside guys are number one, number one capable guys. Sure. Um, so they're just going to keep them on whatever side. Um, yeah. So yeah. that's where that's where I see the outside. Yeah. So break down. So let's break down the number three spot real quick on the wide receiver side. And again, we're not talking about the number three targeted person or our number three weapon, just the number three wide receiver here. You know, we get DJ Moore, who kind of has started to. We, I can't quite tell what his role is. Hinton, I think, catches a touchdown pass last week. Who, I mean, who would have imagined this Pro Bowl quarterback? Right. I'm only teasing, but you know, in the in the Pro Bowl because of his uh, weird game that he had in the Saints last year. Uh, you know, we have those two guys, and then we go out and get Brown I, off of off of some waivers. Some uh, the old uh, was his name AJ Brown, I think, the old old receiver that we used to see in a Carolina Panthers uniform at some point in time in his career. Tell me a little bit right. about who. Who is the third guy, or is it just a hodgepodge of the rest of the guys there? I think it's a hodgepodge, and and based on last week, I don't think I don't think our offensive coordinator knows who the third wide re- wide receiver is going to be. the The thought process is we have to replace Hamler's speed. The reason we got Hamler in there in the first place is to keep up with this AFC West offense that we have. Everybody has a speedy slot. We all do now. Well, we did. So the the thought process is we have to have that. However, Kendall Hinton knows the playbook well. And he can run his routes, and you can you've seen it. He's catching the ball. He's run his routes. He got his first touchdown. Um, you know, big Kendall Hinton fan. 
Uh, yeah. Super glad that he's out there playing well. Um, they haven't played Deontay Spencer. Uh, Moore has gotten some play time. He's gotten a couple targets, but he's got zero receptions, which is unfortunate. Yeah, um, and But again, he's had a couple targets, so I don't know where they're playing him or what their thought process is. Uh, and, and another difficult part was Teddy Bridgewater seemed like he was under duress a lot of that game. Sure. Uh, you know, and we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later when we start moving inside. But yeah. I don't know who are. I, I'll tell you right now, I would not put money on anybody outside of our outside wide receivers because I have no clue who's going to be that guy. For all we know, Moore is going to come out against the Raiders and have 150 yards and a <laughs> touchdown and a half, right? But but we don't know that because there's no yeah. consistency there. Totally. And that's, again, that's what we're looking for in sports betting. And I, I'll just, one observation, and, I, you know, I, I appreciate your, your perspective, Jared, on the, on the sort of coaching side. But one thing that is non-existent in the Broncos passing game, and I have no idea why, is the the ten to twenty yard catches. I I I don't think I can recall seeing a single one. All we do is it's a dink and dump for five yards, or we're taking we're trying to take the top of it. I I can't recall a catch that was made like a fifteen yard dig route or a fifteen yard stop and turn around. I can't even recall one, and I, I have no idea why that's non-existence in the Shermer, Shermer offense at all. Yeah, and you know what's funny? In the first couple of weeks, we saw that a lot. We saw a lot of the 10 to 15-yard throws down the field, like push the ball, right? Push the ball past right. that first down marker. Because there was a couple times, I'm not going to lie, and it's kind of on Teddy, but there was a couple times it's like, you know, third and nine, and we're throwing a two-yard a two yard ball knowing right. that it's, it's not – there's no way – it depends on who you throw to, right? And we'll get in, we'll get to Noah Fant here in a second. I got yeah. a lot to say about this. Oh yeah, we but it depends it. on who you're throwing to. If you're throwing to Noah Fant two yards short of the line, I I have the faith that he's going to be able to get there. If you're throwing to one of our running backs eight yards short of the line, right. you're having another issue. Um, right. Yeah, there was that's just there's play. That's the play I want to see on second down. I don't want to see a run on second down. Right. I think that little five yard in or those five yard little dink and dumps. That's totally acceptable on second down to make your third down manageable. But you're right on third and nine to throw a five yard pass. You're you're going to convert that one out of every ten times, and you got to break a tackle, and that doesn't happen in the league. Who better, you and me? We're going to bring it inside here. We're going to talk about um, our running backs and our tight ends against the linebacking and safety crew here. Do we have any um, any matchups that are really nerve wracking for you? Do how are their linebacker core over there on the on the Raiders? So everybody knows the name Denzel Perryman. Uh, he's he's their middle linebacker. Do playing playing okay this year? Uh, playing normal. Look, the Raiders' defense is not the Raiders' defense that we're used to. So I'll start with that. They're actually playing pretty well this year. Um, as you know, they're playing up against some of these guys that are much more prolific. They played that Ra- that Ravens game that you guys saw that night game, and it was just a crazy uh, shootout. But for the most part, this linebacking core is not bad. However, they are bad in pass coverage. So we're going to talk about this in a minute. And if we do not, I swear, if we do not target Noah Fent like nine to oh ten gosh. times this week, mm-hmm. I might, I'm going to join, I'm switching over, Ray. I'm going to join your side all about firing the offense coordinator. Because I've been a bit, I've been his, I've been on you're his big, defense. You're a big Shermer guy, I know. I'm a big Shermer guy. You know, I like his the scheme and I think it's a lot of execution. But I swear, if we don't target Noah Fent oh, and, and against this matchup right here, against one of the worst pass defense against tight ends, linebackers, this week, I'm going to be so mad. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. And again, no offense, didn't see his first target until I think the first part of the fourth quarter. And that was just um, ridiculous. And and it's interesting, you know, we'll, we'll get to this part of today here. Um, but Shermer got put under fire a couple weeks ago for, for not running the ball enough. And it seems like Shermer took on a little bit too passionately about the run game. I mean, that's a whole different argument there. 
Shermer was a, quite a bit under fire this week about the lack of Noah Fant in the past game. And so it'll be interesting to see if he responds by trying to target Noah Fant early. A little teaser. We're taking Noah Fant. I don't give a damn. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm taking Noah Fant again. Um, all right, let's talk just quickly offensive line versus defensive line. Our offensive line, we start to see Garrett Holes is coming out a little bit more again. We're trying to get a, we don't have quite the consistency. Teddy Bridgewater running for his life. Are, are you worried about any sort of pressure from the defensive line on the Raiders? Absolutely. Max Crosby on the edge on the outside against Massey. That's going to be a matchup that we need to watch. And I think that's going to be one of those that we're going to need to focus, maybe bringing, keeping a wide receiver or a tight end slash a running back in to be able to help out on the outside there. Now on the other side, you have uh, the 2016 draft pick uh, Yannick Nagak. Kuei, how don't know how you pronounce it. Nailed it. Yannick. Nailed it. Yeah, nailed it. Uh, <laughs> and you know what? He's playing well too. Their outside pass rushers are comparable to Von Miller and Bradley Chubb when sure. Bradley Chubb's healthy. It's a very comparable uh, defensive front where their insides just kind of run stop. You, you just play the run stop, stay on the line of scrimmage, and, and fill your gaps, fill your holes. But the outside's their speed rush. Max Crosby's having a hell of a year this year, and we really need to focus on stopping him if we're going to give Teddy any time to be able to throw the ball. Great, great, great insight there. Um, so as we start to think about this game and we start to handicap it, you know, a couple things that we're thinking about here. Number one is Shermer completely under fire here for his lack of creativity, um, his predictability, and the lack of no fans involvement in the game. Number two, um, I, I think Vic's coaching for his job. I, I know folks are, you know, they're up and down and left and right for Vic, but here's the reality. If if Vic loses these next two games in a complete dumpster fire fashion, or let me just say it this way, if Broncos losing the next two games, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a coaching change that happens after the short Thursday night turnaround that we have next week. Because, right, it's a mini buy that we get there here. Do we see Shermer get the can here if the offense looks anemic again for a couple of weeks? I don't know. But I do know this. There's a ton of pressure on that coaching staff right now to make some wins freaking happen. Because uh, Broncos country, guess what? We ain't happy right now. And finally, of course, we got the Raiders um, dumpster fire there. No coaching staff. Uh, you know, Shanahan game, all of those things back at home. Let's start at the top here. Broncos minus four. Oh, this is the segment called You Like Money? I Like Money. Let's get money together. So don't forget I, that. I like how all of your segments also have accents. I think oh, that we – I oh, like the accent the, along yeah, with the segments, yeah. This is the, the, the money accent guy. Yeah, the yeah, money yeah. <laughs> Uh, Denver minus four over under is 43.5 on the game. Jared, what are your just kind of general thoughts about this? Does Denver have a chance? Where do you like them? How do you, how do you like them this week? Fool me once. Shame on you. Fool me twice and I won't get fooled again. Uh, I, look, I, I like I like the I like the Raiders I really do uh, I I mean I like the Broncos against the Raiders I like them coming home I do wish we probably could have got them at minus one it probably would have made me a little bit more comfortable and I would have absolutely hammered minus one but that's why sports betting is what it is as soon as the news came out the lines move um I I like this game but again I, I, my hesitation here is that they have the capability the big strike the big play capability and they have nothing to lose right now. With right. a, a special teams coordinator as an interim head coach, they have nothing to lose, and winning this game kind of brings excitement back into the Raiders after everything that they got. But coming back home, I like us back at home. I'd like to see us have a little bit more energy coming out of the gate. Uh, you better. know, we've been saying that for well, what was the last time we scored a touchdown? We I think keep it's seeing 24 that twenty-four consecutive games with, without that an is... opening drive touchdown, and even worse than that, I think that we've only scored a total of twelve points. 
So of those oh. 24 drives, I mean, I think we've only gotten four or five field goals. So that's even, I mean, that tells you how bad it's been. Yep. So yeah. that, like I said, the big, my big concern is the off the top, but I do think that we're going to control the ball. I like the Broncos minus four, but I, I, I don't know. I'd probably stay away from it. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I do too. I, you know, I, I'll probably find a way to put some money on the Broncos this week. I, but I, my, if I, if I would have, if I'm down to my last $25 bet, I'm probably not taking the Broncos minus four, to be completely honest. Actually, between the two lines, I like the over at 43.5 actually yes. better in this game. And here's kind of my thought process here. It's either going to be a shootout type of crapshoot game, or to your point, if the Broncos are able to control the ball, um, the, it should be a low-scoring game. If the Broncos are in control, they can get the score early, they can keep control of the ball. I think it might be a low-scoring game. But if they fall behind, I think it's a, a shootout type of a game. I think 43 is an interesting number. Um, I like that slightly better than taking the minus four. If you want to take a full game line, uh, minus four is certainly an option. Uh, again, I, I like it, but I, I like over 43.5 slightly better if I was going to put my money on something there. Bridgewater has only missed his passing prop twice. You know, certainly the game he got injured and then the one fucking time that we took it um, that, <laughs> he, he has hit his passing and he was short nine yards for any of our long-term listener fans that you, you know we were close uh bridgewater's at 247 yards this week how do you like that number uh he hit 280 last week and it was all garbage time uh, so that that makes me a little hesitant towards this number here oh, yeah. especially if we can control the ball and control the clock I'm sure we're going to get to our running back lines here. Let's take those. I would take those before I took the Bridgewater line uh, for the passing yards. Because, again, he missed it by nine yards. And, again, it was kind of like late. We were trying to throw down late. And in this last one, he hit it. But it was really all fourth quarter time. Uh, He was was not looking like himself. I agree. You know, I, I think the 247 is the right number. And I think, Jared, if, if, if the Broncos are in control of the game, I don't think Bridgewater is going to hit that 247 number. If it's a total, you know, we lose it all again like we did last week, you know, certainly I, I would love to see the Broncos come out hot. I agree. We're staying away from that line. Let's go to the running back room. I'm going to give you a couple of stats across the board. Uh, who do you think the Vegas has as a higher number this week, Gordon or Williams? I think does Williams have for the first week? Does he have the higher number finally? He does. Yes, but it's by one yard. It's 48.5 yards for Williams, 47.5 yards for Gordon. I don't know what's going on with this line. I'm going to be completely honest. Williams is the number one running back. I, I, I don't even think it's an argument at this point in time. I think Williams is the number one guy. Here's his line this week. 48.5 yards rushing. Love it. 15.5 yards receiving. Love it. Longest rush. 15.5 yards. Love it. I mean, all of those lines, I don't care how you like Williams. I don't care how you like your beer from the can, from the bottle, from the tap. It doesn't matter if you like to shotgun your beer. Let's drink a beer this week. I'm taking every bit and part of Williams. I think you're right on with your analysis, Jared. Williams, to me, is the clear number one. The fact that they have Gordon at 47.5, his his receptions at 13.5 yards, and his longest rush at 13.5 yards makes zero sense to me. He's probably more like a 30-yard guy, if you ask me. I think Williams is the clear number one. What are your thoughts about those lines for Gordon or Williams? You, you hit it on the head. Williams has become our clear number one. He's he's getting more yards. He's breaking more tackles. He's getting upfield. Uh, I think we we took 
all of our uh, Gordon bets last week, and he he got him on like one run. Yeah, uh, he it was one run. I think he got like a forty-eight yard run. We got the over. We got the longest, the longest run. We got everything. <laughs> yeah, so it was it was great. So I'm taking that again. Absolutely love oh. everything about that. Melvin Gordon, a little bit questionable. Now again, let's remember that their linebackers are pass or sorry run. Run fill, run gap fill linebackers. So there might be some stuff that we might, it's might be one of those games we have to set up the pass to set up the run. But, um, if you, if you saw last week, Shermer just likes to run the ball. So if we could just, if we could continue to run the ball and like we we're talking about, if we can control the game, get up early and control the game, like we think it's going to happen, they're going to get the carries. Yeah. And this is one of those areas, like sometimes in sports betting, you know, what I, what I don't like to have happen sometimes is I don't like to stack lines that basically if one hits, they all hit or kind of a deal. You know what I'm saying? Where if yeah. the game gets a little bit out of balance, then you don't have a good chance to catch the other couple of lines. So here's a perfect case. If you like the Broncos this week, you can even think about it. You could take the minus four or you can take the Williams line. I think it's one of those situations where they both hit or they both won't hit. I mean, hell, if you're a gambling guy like me, I'll probably end up taking both of them. Let's just be honest. <laughs> um, but that's a nice way to think about the game because I think you're right, Jared. If we can control the pace of the game, I think Williams is going to get his 13 to 15 carries. I think he covers the 48.5. He's pro- he's a proven guy that I, I, I've i started to trust. And he reminds me a lot of Noah Fant a couple of years ago when he he's just unknown on the national stage. And the name Gordon is a known name on the national stage. And thus the betting public is the one ultimately that dictates these lines, right? Um, and I think that that's why we're not seeing as much love thrown Williams way. I am hammering Williams this week. I absolutely love it. Any part of it. Um, also, Williams is, has beaten Gordon on passing targets for three consecutive weeks in a row. I think that shows the trend good enough for me. I'm taking Williams on the receiving yards, 15.5, easy. Rushing yards, 48 point. He might get that on one again. And as long as Russia, 15.5, I love all of those lines this week. Uh, receiving Sutton. 61.5, Patrick 50.5, and Noah Fant. You know the rule. If it's under 45, we bet it. So let's just take it because it's 43.5 right now. We're taking Noah Fant. But Jared, how do you like the other two lines? Sutton and Patrick at 61 and 50. I'm I'm always so, so skeptical at taking those. But the way that we ran our offense last week, totally. it was getting the ball to the outside. Again, against we are getting the ball to the outside against second corners, you know, backup corners, and we only did it in the fourth quarter. So I'm a little hesitant on that just the way, same way I am against Teddy Bridgewater's overall yards. I'm a little hesitant on those. One of those guys is going to hit regardless. I, I guarantee totally. that one of those two is going to hit. Mom or dad are going to are gonna win at, at the at the slots, right? And you don't know who it is. You don't want to take the bets on who's it's gonna, who it's going to be. It's just, it's just hard. Uh, and again, like I said, they have one good corner out there and – it's just difficult to find out where we're going to be able to deliver the ball. Yeah. And I, I, I think you're right on. Cause it, again, if we're thinking about this from a sports betting perspective here, Bridgewater is set up at 247 yards for the game. That's where Vegas is projecting is over under. But if you take Sutton Fant and Noah uh, Sutton Fant and Patrick, and you add up their yardage, you're looking at about 150 yards. So there's a discrepancy, right? There's a hundred yards that are missing somehow, some way. And we both don't think that there's a really a, a, a clear other person that's going to have a major contribution. You know, I think Williams gets his 25-ish yards. You know, I think Hinton gets a catch here and a, and a DJ Moore gets a catch there. So I think some of them pop off. But if you look at uh, Sutton, you know, four games ago, he goes off nine for 159. Of course, we bet fucking Tim Patrick that day, right? 
<laughs> and then you go the next two weeks, five for 37, three for 47, right? Both of those don't cover. And then he pops off again for seven for 120 yards. So um, I, I think you're right, Jerry. I think one of them cover. I, I think you take your pick. I like Sutton, you know, the big body. He seems to be healthy. He seems to be coming into a group. I think Tim Patrick is crafty and inside. And it, last week, you know, they targeted Tim Patrick right off the bat a couple times. Take your pick. I think I would throw a sprinkle. If you want to sprinkle and split your unit between the two of them, I wouldn't blame you out there if you're listening right now. Um, dang, I, I'm having – Fant, 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 Fant. Yes. Is his 43. There's no doubt about that. Um, but, I, you know, if I were to – if you were to force me to pick one, I think I would slightly give the edge to Cortland Sutton, I think, to cover the 61 over Tim Patrick just because it seems like Cortland Sutton – um, is looking more like the 2019 Cortland Sutton um, than maybe more than what we thought he was. And at that time, he was looking like the second coming of Jesus. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> All right, Jared. So I, I love the analysis, love the breakdown. We're going to go to our last section, which is means is uh, what, what, what you got for me? That's the question <laughs> is what you got for me is, the, is our question section. And of course, I got some questions for you, Jared. You got some questions for me, Jared. And we're going to break it down in this segment we like to call, What You Got For Me? Um, <laughs> Jared, my first question to you is, do you think Pat Shermer has what it takes to break away from his old habits? Uh, put me on the spot here. Before like I I and I and I'm being 100 percent honest. I'm being I'm being 100 right here. I'm being 100. 100. I don't. Before last week, I would have said absolutely. I, I would have if, against the after the Ravens game. You know, it was like okay. You know, the injuries, things that happened, right? A lot of issues. Uh, and then I watched that Steelers game, and I was trying to find a reason to not blame Patrick. Like I've always been a big coach. I'm always on the coach's side, right? I've always tried to find a reason not blame Pat Shermer. But then there's times I'm watching him. It's like that can't, like that can't happen. We can't on second and fifteen run of all five yard stops. Like that is not going to get us. I I don't know at this point, and and he has to prove it in order to move on. Uh, you know, I thought he loved his tight ends. I thought he would be able to to go. He's seems like he's trying to overcorrect, mm-hmm. right? We gave him a lot of shit for only running the ball five yards. Uh, you know, maybe he listens to the podcast. Maybe yeah, it's our hey, fault. Hey, what's up, Pat? We gave we gave yeah. Hey, Pat, what's going on, man? Maybe we gave him too much shit for for running uh, running not running the ball in the second half, and yeah. he only ran the ball twice, and then he comes out and he only runs the ball in the first half. <laughs> that's you know, it's just it's just for me when I'm watching, it's just so consistently bad, but right. it's so inconsistently like not to the opposite team's weakness. It, it seems right. like he's the guy not watching film, and <laughs> and that's what's frustrating to me. Yeah, if we could come out and, and do something against the Raiders coming into to Denver. Then yeah, maybe I'll maybe I'll get back on him, but he's he's now has to crawl back into my uh, into my good graces on this one. Yeah. I think. Second question for you: I got three total for you, Jared. Will we see a screen thrown this week? I sure I sure hope so, man. I I look, I've been waiting for it. He's been with Teddy Bridgewater's like he's been under pressure like fifty percent of his plays, right. and we're we're still not deciding that when they're bringing pressure, that's throw a screen. Super frustrating to me. And you know what the worst part is? Like we saw it, we saw the Steelers run it, mm-hmm. and it ran so it was a tight end screen, ran totally. perfectly. I, they got like tw- twenty two yards on oh, the yeah. play, and I was I thought about it. I was like, oh yeah, we're gonna come around. Like they're gonna see that and be like, you know, we should probably try that, and we're gonna come around and do that. Never happened. Never. I I hope we see a screen 
you know, I think we've run two all season, and they both worked. So I don't understand why we haven't haven't like gone back a, to it. It was a pivotal part of our preseason. It seemed like it was in every game in the preseason. I was really excited about that. Last question for you, Jared, and this is going to tease the next rager. I think uh, right now McManus is over under on the number of field goals made is one point five in the game. How do you like McManus kicking two through the uprights this week? Absolutely love McManus kicking two field goals, especially oh, if we're if we're running the ball, if we're controlling the clock. That's that's going to be there. Plus, like I said, their defensive back they have one good corner. Their linebackers are really good in the run stop. They're they're going to stop us in the red zone, and we're going to stop ourselves in the red zone just historically. So I I think McManus over over one point five is is a yeah. Is a lock. There's another there's a little prop out there if you're not familiar with it. It's called kicker points. So McManus is over under on kicker points this week is seven point five, meaning the total number of points that McManus accounts for, will it go over 7.5 points? So each field goal is three, each extra point is one. You can do the math, right? So if he kicks three field goals, that's over the 7.5, or if he gets a couple field goals in a combination. I don't like the 7.5 as much as I like McManus just to kick over 1.5 field goals this week. I'm with you, Jared. Also, we're in mile high, so you know anytime we get to pass the 40, um, you know McManus is there to light one up. So I'm taking over McManus 1.5 field goals in this week's game on Sunday. What you got for me? All right, what what you got for me? All right. Ray, I got a question for you. I always like to flip the script, right? I like to think about what our defense can and can't do. Derek Carr over 263 yards with a new offensive play caller. Can he make over 263 yards? Oh, gosh. The one, yeah. I mean, I, I think that number is set just about right. You know, I, I think that, that that is the number. I would have I would have guessed the number was set at about 275, so it feels slightly less than what I typically would put that line. Um, man, Darren Waller, I mean, that dude is a real deal. And, and in fact, you know, if you're talking about fantasy football really quickly, man, I, I'd be playing Darren Waller in any line if I had Darren Waller in this week. I mean, the Broncos can't cover tight ends for shit. And Darren Waller seems to be the second coming of Travis Kelsey. Henry Ruggs on the outside. They got incredible speed. Man, that number is set so good that I would stay away from it. Um I would probably slightly lean the over only because I think you and I both think the game is going to go in a way where the Broncos are going to be slightly in control of the game. I think Derek Carr is going to be pressing a little bit towards the end. Gosh, stay away from that number. I, that's what I would do. I'd stay away from that 263 or 264, whatever number you said. I think that is spot on. Um, but gosh, that's a hard number just because we're not sure exactly how the game pace of the game goes. If the Broncos get out and get ahead, man, it could be, you know, it could be a, a really rough day for the Raiders, I, I think, and that that defense can really get after him, no no problems. Absolutely. All right, I have, I have another betting question for you. This, this is what we do. I, I got to ask you the betting questions. You ask me the coaching questions. We go from there. All right, so if you see a line like over under 32.5 total passes, total attempts, yep. what is our line there when we're looking at total yards that it doesn't make sense anymore? We talk about those discrepancies. Um, you know, you talk about 32 attempts. At what point do you be like, okay, 32 attempts, but his yards are only at 240. Like wh- where's our, where's our line right. there? Yeah, no, that's great. And oftentimes what we see is we also have a, a number, a number out there normally for past completions. And I think looking at the discrepancy between those two is a really helpful thing to see through. And, you know, if we're looking at Derek Carr's 32 pass 
attempts, he's probably looking at 21, 22 completions, somewhere in that range. Uh, again, that 67%, two-thirds ratio is what we're looking for oftentimes there. Um, I, I, when it comes to... I'm always thinking about what type of game are we expecting. And I think the discrepancy that I'm looking for there, Jared, is that they only are expecting the over-under of the game to be 43.5. And that because that over-under is where that's set, um, 30-plus attempts feels a little bit heavy for a game that they expect to be a little bit of a defensive brawl that's going to be happening in some of those things. I, You know, again, if I'm going to look at Derek Carr, I'd probably pick on his completion slightly more than his attempts, but um, you know, with the game at 43 points, I, I think a slow pace game, I don't know that Derek Carr gets to that number, but again, we're trying to estimate how the pace of the game is going to go. Are the Broncos up? Are the Broncos down? Are they coming from behind? How are they going? Are they, you know, heck I would take under on Teddy Bridgewater's attempts to be completely honest this week, because if we do get the Broncos to get ahead, I think they're going to rely on that run, try to control the pace of the game a little bit. I don't think Teddy Bridgewater throws the ball 30 times this week. That's for sure. Nope. That's a hunt. That's exactly what I was thinking. Uh, I don't, I don't hope that Teddy Bridgewater has to throw the ball 31 and a half times this week. Those are all the questions I got for you, Rick. If he throws it 25 times this week, I think we're going to be, we're going to be talking here next week. Happy as can be on a Wednesday because we're going to be getting ready for that Thursday night football game. Hey, man, yeah. Jared, you know, I love doing this, bro, and it's so much fun. Man, watching football and, and playing football and gambling, it's so much better when you're winning. And so I'm hopeful that we can get back in the winner's circle this week. A couple of rough weeks, but that's really been paired against the Broncos having a couple of rough performances. And I think we've broken down the game in a great way. Both Jared and I do think the Broncos are going to win. The minus four is a tricky number. If that number drops to minus three at any point in time through the next couple of days, I think that's a great number for us to take. Uh, minus four is hard. You decide. We like 43.5, I think also, again, we're going to stay away from the game lines this week. Bridgewater, not going to touch that with a 10-foot pull. Williams, my dog, he going to get it. We're going to take him no matter what. However you like Williams, we're going to take it. Um, I, if we're going to take an official rager, I think the, the, the one that I'll just take, I'm just going to take his 48.5 rushing yards. I'm probably also going to take his 15.5 uh, receiving yards. And, of course, out there you can see the prop for both rushing and receiving combined. You take it however you like it. I think both of those lines are really great for Williams. We like Noah Fant. Remember, the rule is if it's under 45, you bet Noah Fant. You don't ask any questions. You take Noah Fant. And we're going to take McManus over 1.5 field goals made in this game. Jared, anything for the good of the order, brother? Nope, I love it. I think we're going to get back in the winner's circle. Both uh, both the Broncos and Ragers back in the winner's circle, making some money for uh, making some money for us, huh? Can't can't wait, man. Hey, y'all, if you're going to the game, man, be safe. Have a great ass time. And, you know, damn, beat them damn Raiders, man. We don't like them dang Raiders anyway. So, hey, uh, congrats to Mike Shanahan. Congrats to the entire Broncos organization. It's a great organization to be, you know, cheering on. Uh, hey, Pat and Vic, you know, appreciate y'all chiming in like you guys do each and every week. Uh, uh, please throw the damn ball to Noah Fant in the first quarter, please. Um, and Jared, man, you know what it is, man. There's only one thing left to do. Go Broncos. Go Broncos. Orange Weekly. Fans, brews, and Broncos news.